Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from Western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Hi everyone, my name is Sarzana, and I may look like your typical human, but I can assure you I am anything but. I am a half-angel, half-demon, and you probably won't get to see them, but occasionally I will show off my wings, which are the same, half-angel and half-demon. But, you know, enough about that. Um, I live currently in the lovely, lovely plain of Barovia, and I'm currently working on getting rid of Strahd themselves, but don't tell them that, okay? Secret between you and me. Wouldn't be good if they heard that might try and come after me, and unfortunately my father is trying to keep me alive down in hell and wants me to come back, so that wouldn't be great. Um, but, uh, yeah. If you see Strahd, let me know be helpful. Class is in session, and today we are talking about Jasper's Game Day and the magic that tabletop RPGs have. As always, I'm your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming to the university founder of Jasper's Game Day charity, the teen DM herself, Fenway Jones. How's it going, Fenway? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you, Scott? Doing well. Just, we were uh, talking a little bit about the show. It's kind of a nice gray, little bit of a gray Thursday, ready for the weekend, but doing well, doing well. But yeah, so you are the founder of Jasper's Game Day, a fantastic charity uh, group that does a lot of great work. But for listeners that might not uh, be familiar with the charity, uh, give us kind of a backstory. What is Jasper's? Uh, Jasper's Game Day is a nonprofit organization that raises money for suicide prevention and awareness through gaming. Very cool. Now, how how long has Jasper's uh, been around for? Uh, Jasper's has been around for about four years. I started it back in uh, 2017 after I lost a few friends to uh, suicide within the span of a couple of months and I wanted to be able to use the experience and the and the emotions that I was dealing with um, to be able to create hope and happiness for people going through similar experiences. Wow that I can't even imagine uh, going through something like that and uh I'm so sorry that you that you or anyone has gone through that, but to it, it's such a testament to you and um, kudos, of, of course, to being able to turn those emotions into such uh, such an event, such a positive event and force for good. Um, so Jasper's I first saw it just um random streams of it i think it was a previous game week and i was like wow this is really cool and i caught a couple streams and 
the more I looked into it, it's like this has really become quite a big production. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it 100% has. <laughs> so you've like looking in partners and uh, celebrities that you've worked with, you work with uh, Satine, you've worked with all these other groups. And now you're uh, being featured like your game day streams or your monthly game day streams. They're on D&D Beyond. It's that's so cool. Just flat out. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, it's really an honor to work with all of the people that we've had the chance to work with. Um, you know, back when we started, it, it was going to be a one time, like one event thing and then done. Um, and then we, you know kind of kind of continued it um just a little bit (laughs) and and then you know it's become something of a of a monster um (laughs) but i wouldn't change it for the world and it's allowed us to meet so many neat people um and people who are helping us change lives yeah and you touched on this that it has grown into this beast this this powerhouse of an event and in group uh kind of if you can take us through like this how it turned in from a outlet to try and become a turn uh sadness and the feelings you were going through at the time into a single kind of one-off event you were planning into what it's become today like what's that journey been well a lot of it started when right after we did the event and people were coming to us and being like we think that this is such an important um mission when can how can we get involved more like how what's the next one going to be when's it going to be how can we get involved and what we're like uh let me get back to you on that um and so we we basically threw everything together as we were going um because so many people wanted to be involved and after about a year and a half we decided that we really needed um the well, it was about a, after about a year we actually decided we needed the uh 501c3 um status because it was something we knew wasn't going to like we knew that jasper's wasn't going to end um and we wanted to be able to continue helping more people with getting our actual charity status and the Um, 501c that's a designation from like the irs or something to be able to become a or be a charity right Correct. Yes. That basically makes us tax exempt and allows people who donate to us to put it on their taxes that they donate to us, um, which is very helpful when businesses are doing donations and, and partnerships and um, all and sponsorships with a charity. They can write it off as a as a donation to us. Um so we decided we needed that uh, after about a year. After about two years, um, we started to put together a board of directors. Um, and then we, we got to the point this year, we have added a, a group of ambassadors, our board of advisors, and um, basically a volunteer staff. And that's all been within the past year 
part of 2020 and the rest of 2021. Wow. <laughs> Quite the beast indeed to have uh, <laughs> a board of directors and so, uh, so intense. And now what's, are you, you're obviously very much a, a the face of Jasper. One of the faces of Jasper's. You have shoehorned a lot of it. What's kind of your role today? Like, what's your day to day? Like, I obviously see you on game streams, like Jasper Game Days, and all sorts of things. But when you're not rolling dice, like, what are you up to? So my official title is founder and executive director of Jasper's Game. Now, um, I basically am the head of the board of directors, um, and I do a lot of the community outreach and taking care of dealing with the celebrities and um, kind of making sure things are going in the direction that they're supposed to be going. Now, my board of directors, they do a lot of the heavy lifting and the, um, you know, the organizational work um, Uh and I do a lot of the people, people stuff. I have to say props to you for not calling or having your title be the DM of directors, because I would be (laughs) that person. I would be like, no, I don't want director sounds too formal. I'm the DM of directors. So you are much far more professional uh, than I would ever be in in that situation. (laughs) So, Taking back but kind of before uh, Jasper's was a thing, what's kind of your backstory with RPGs and tabletop games in general? When did you really start getting into them? Um, I started getting into um, tabletop RPGs in when I was 11. Um, and so about seven years ago. And then um, I started playing with the group that my dad had been playing with since he was about my age. Um, and they had also, they had all known me for forever. Um, and we were excited to kind of um, get me into all of the, the hobby. I was, I started with Pathfinder. Um, and then I moved on to D&D, and that's actually where I met Jasper, the namesake of the organization, um, was through that gaming group. And we gamed every Thursday uh, for a while. And then at 13, I started DMing um, and uh, started going to conventions. And then at 14, I started Jasper's. Wow. Wow. Now... Do you are you more of a fan of being a DM in a game or are you a bigger fan of uh, playing playing a character? Um, it really depends. Um, I mean, I love doing both. Both of them are huge passions of mine. It just really depends on like the the situation, um, whether or not we're streaming, whether or not we're doing this or that. Um, I really enjoy both of them. though. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So. What has been, in this whole experience, what's kind of been the biggest wow moment for you? Like, what's been the moment that you kind of look back on and it's like, I can't believe I managed to get that person to play or I got to have this happen? Like, what's been that that big moment so far for you? Well, there have been a couple. Um 
the very first one was when I was, I was at Gamehole Con, um, which is run by Alex Kamer. Um, and I was just at one of the, the kind of hangouts, um, that they were running. And I walked up to Chris Perkins because he was there and I recognized him and he knew who, or he knew what Jasper's was because mm-hmm. of our work with Wizards of the Coast. And that was kind of like a, uh, wow. I think it was like 15 at the time. And I was just like starstruck. Um, <laughs> and then recently, the most recent one was uh, I put out on Twitter that I wanted to get Deborah Ann Wool uh, a part of the game the Jasper's game week that we were doing and somebody emailed me and was like, Hey, um, send me your pitch for her and I'll send it over to her. Um, and that worked very well because she actually ended up DMing for us. That's so that was so cool. Yeah. She cool was, thing. I remember that was a big thing. She was on another channel. I want to say, but she had talked in her daredevil, uh, interviews when she was doing that, that she is a big, big dungeons and dragons fan. So, uh, mm-hmm. what a what a cool get for you uh for your event in the under yeah, the banner it was it was super cool <laughs> <laughs> she's great to work with oh that's awesome that's very cool so how many games would you say jasper or has have run so far under jasper's banner um <laughs> that is a <laughs> Uh, very, very large number, um, because just this past Jasper's Game Week, we had 12 games on D&D Beyond. We had 24, I think, on, um, on Made Terrain Domain. We had another 12 on Hearthsinger Games, and then um, 18 on... Uh, in the Australian channel. And that was just for this past Jasper's Game Week. That's not including any of our ambassador <laughs> events or anything else. So a lot. <laughs> wow. Wow. And it was only a few days ago um, that Jasper's announced that starting in 2022, Jasper's Game Week, one of your guys' big events, will be hosted actually on D&D Beyond. Like, uh, the... Uh, or uh, ho- yeah, hosted entirely by D and D Beyond. What? Mm-hmm. That's very like. How did that kind of come about? Um. Well, they came to us um a little bit after last game week. Um, and we're like, hey, we'd be really interested in doing more for this upcoming game week. Um, and through a process of. Um, a lot of talking and figuring things out. Um, it was decided that they would be our um, new, like, um, host for the uh, Jasper's Game Week. That's so cool. And I hadn't known this until kind of the the announcement. But you've worked really closely with Joe Starr, who listeners might have recognized from. Uh, a previous episode of here on RPG University. What he's such a nice guy, and it's like what a small world. Um, yeah. but granted, he's big with D and D Beyond, and he does a bunch of stuff with that. But um. yeah, Joe is absolutely amazing. Um, he is one of the. He's basically one of the three people we have worked very, very closely with at D and D Beyond for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, I was actually introduced to him by Adam Bradford, who had his position previously, because um, we've been working with D&D Beyond for a while. Um, it's just kind of currently becoming more and more involved. Um, and Adam introduced me to Joe, and uh, Joe has been uh, on board with us um, for everything now. Yeah, Joe Joe is a wonderful, wonderful individual, and it's so cool to see you guys working so closely with the, the team there. So for people that might be not as much into Dungeons & Dragons per se, what other tabletop uh, systems or RPG systems do you guys host or have games for that people might be able to tune into? Um, well, we have had a lot of different games um, that we have had a part of our events. Um, we have done something called Melee Ball, um, which is similar to D&D, but you're play actually playing a sport um, instead of D&D. Oh, cool. um, we've had Vampire the Masquerade. We've had Princess of the Apocalypse. Um, we've had Pathfinder 1 and 2. We've had Starfinder. Um, we have had a few people play their own, um, like the the rpg that they created um and then we're we're always open to adding you know other things to the the roster of what we're doing and um we don't have a lot of um connections um we don't have a lot of people who want to run the the games um we have a lot of people who want to play in all of them um but you know, if people want to run the games, we would absolutely love to have more um, RPGs as part of our, our roster. Oh, very cool. D, I'm guessing, does Jaspers have a specific Twitch account that you host a lot of your games on? Or is it kind of more just stay tuned to the, the Twitter to get specific addresses or where the games will be played? It's uh, definitely stick to the, the Twitter. Um, we don't currently have a active Twitch account. We do a lot of things through our ambassadors um, and through other, you know, uh, mm -hmm. hosts. Okay. So uh, kind of touching back on your tabletop experience, uh, have you primarily just stuck with Pathfinder in Dungeons and Dragons? Or have you played any other uh, systems or do any other intrigue you or interest you to try? Um, I have tried a lot of different systems. Um, I've tried Ghostbusters. Um, I've tried um, Witches and Spellcraft. Or, yeah. Um, and then like there have been, I've tried uh, Lisa Penrose's new RPG um, and then there was one that Sid Neutron did that I tried. Um, the names are escaping me at the <laughs> moment. Um, but I have tried a lot of different RPGs through Jaspers. Um, but D&D is definitely the one that I stick with for the most part. Now, did you start with 5th edition or did you play or have you played any of the earlier editions, especially with your dad uh, kind of being introduced to tabletop games through your dad? Um, I have, I started in fifth edition. I've only played fifth and first. Those are the only two that I've played. For fifth and first. Wow. That see first <laughs> is that one of those systems that I want to like 
try and play someday. Like, I want to see how we got to where we are now. Like, I want to play like a first edition game, second. Uh, well, I want to play advanced, then like the re-release. Yeah. The yeah. white box, then advanced. <laughs> I'm trying to remember all the different versions. So it's the original like white box paper pamphlets. Then it released advanced Dungeons and Dragons, I want to say. Then it was two, three, three, five, fourth, fifth. I yeah. think. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That's at least what I know of. Um, I've played AD&D and 5th edition. I've only played AD&D because I played it with Stefan Bocorny, though, and that's the only edition he plays. Oh, okay. um, so I just want to say shout out to original, like old school Dungeon and Dragon monster designs. Glorious. Like true. they look so kind of. They're so silly looking, especially when you compare them to the really detailed and gruesome monsters. Now, like the beholder is just like a round dude. Like he looks high. He looks like a high beholder. That's just like, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> They're very funny. The owl bear is another personal favorite. Uh, the old design. But what is your dream for Jasper's? Like 10, 15, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, when you if you ever inevitably hand off Jasper's uh, or step down as director, what do you want the lineage and legacy to be of Jasper's? You know, right now, um, most of our events are in the U.S. um, or Australia. And we do do a few outside of those those two countries, but most of the time our events are in those two places. And I would really love to see our events go worldwide. Um, and you know, um, it's been it's been kind of where we're going right now and what we're we're striving for, and it's it's coming coming to um, fruition. But um, that's really what I want to see, and I want to see us continue to help every person that we can you know one life mm-hmm. saved is a success and i just want to keep that i want to keep it as a fundraising and um you know making sure that as many people are being helped as possible type of thing um unless politics and, and business related yeah what a well i i think can easily see that all happening. And I'm curious with the the utter craziness that has been the past year and a half with the pandemic and everything. How have you have you seen much has growth or interest in Jasper's kind of subsided with the shift away from in-person events or have you seen it grow just because so many more people are jumping on to virtual tabletops and things along those lines? Um, it has definitely grown um through virtual like through the um introduction i guess of virtual Mm -hmm. um gaming um it has allowed us to reach a lot more people worldwide um and you know when we were doing a live event um we got to see the people in person but not as many people could um get to the live events whether it was um you know, they couldn't afford it or um, they couldn't get the time off work or, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, there were always going to be people who couldn't get to the live events. Um, and, and online events make 
connecting with more people so much easier. Yeah, it, it's I found that especially this past year, because I currently run a and d game um, for some friends, and then I also play in play in a game on another day during the week. And it's this past year, I found that my my D&D nights, especially the one where I was a player, it was like the central peg that I could judge my week by, like keep track of time after I had lost my job and been let go because of thing or because of the pandemic is like I could always I judged my week based on how many days it was until my next D&D game, because every day fl- bled in together. It was wake up, just try and keep myself occupied and not doom scroll. But OK, <laughs> <laughs> OK, how can I what are some ideas to uh, build my character or how am I going to run my new character? What kind do I want to run or play? But I always knew it's like Tuesday. Tuesday was my like my guiding light that if I could make it to Tuesday, it was like, sweet, it's D&D night. I can just chill. It'll be a great time. And. Being, it was like the one avenue, really, I could connect with my friends and be social because no one could go out and be social. Right. Uh, <laughs> it it. I'm thankful that we've gotten to a point not only where these role-playing games are so much more pervasive and honestly widely accepted by, I would almost say masses at this point, but that it's become so easy to play a game, even if it's with your friends, to whether it's Roll20 or Fantasy Grounds or even just hopping on a Discord call. Um, and having it all be um, vocalized and left to the player's imagination. it's It's been really nice, and I've just fallen in love with this hobby so much more than the past year and a half. Yeah. I mean, I 100% agree with, with all of that. Um, I've had a very similar experience. I've played D&D so much more mm-hmm. um, in the past year and a half than I ever did probably um and at any point in time previous to this um and it's just been i've I've met so many new people and um made so many great friendships and i just i uh i'm appreciative for the experiences that have come out of it not necessarily the reason for the experiences yeah so like what's your D schedule like how do you play like once a week nowadays or <laughs> two four um so i play um for a while i like i last week i literally just got done with my wednesday night game um so previous to this week i played monday nights tuesday nights wednesday nights um sometimes on fridays on saturdays and every other sunday that's that's pretty awesome. So tell me about some of your care. Like, is it all different games? Like, are you rolling different characters for each one of those games? Um, so most of them are campaigns. Um, and then I, I ran the Wednesday night one, um, but all of the rest of them I'm playing in. Um, and so it's the same character for each day. OK, but. Each day is a different character. Interesting. So, wow. 
how many how many dice do you have? I guess this is the good question. Like, do you have like a, your, a, a trusty set of dice or do you have a lot of dice like I do? Like, um, so currently in my bedroom um, on hand constantly, I have a backpack of dice. Now, those are just my favorite sets downstairs in my basement where I keep the rest of my like the shelves of minis and stuff that I have. Mm -hmm. I have at least two shelves of dice. Now that's like jars full of dice on the shelves, not like Mm -hmm. the the dice laid out. Yeah. I have a lot of dice. Um, Most of them that I play with are my gemstone dice. Um, I will say that's what I like to spend a lot of my money on um, is gemstone dice. Mm-hmm. Um, They're very those, pretty. Yes, they really are. And those are something that I find a lot of joy in. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> now, do you have your dice separated by good dice and bad dice? Like, do you have a large dice jail? I do not. Um I personally don't do that um, just because, I mean, from the things that I do, I personally believe and want to practice that everything has a second chance and third chance. And, you know, mm-hmm. there there are ways to become better. So I don't I also know um, like I believe everyone knows that they're just, you know, uh, probability things but mm-hmm. I also like to keep that in mind when thinking about that plus I love my dice too much to put them in my show do you do dice timeout though like okay you've now Mr. Red Dice you've had a couple of low rolls so I'm just going to set you aside for a, f- for a few minutes so you can think about what you did and then I'm I going do I do yeah Um. so I keep all of so right now next to me Um. I have a couple of sets in my Wormwood dice um, dice box, and Wormwood dice boxes have like a little Those section. Those are so pretty. They're so yes, pretty. They really are. Um, they have a little um, di- like the little section at the top that's separated from the rest of the dice box or the dice uh, roller. Um, and so I put them in the little top thing if I am making them go in time. that's cool yeah i i uh back the dispel dice kickstarter and everything with wormwood um i bought many a few hundred dollars worth of dice and i'm very excited for them but yeah like the the dice boxes the towers everything that they make is so pretty i want to eventually have one of their tables that's that's my goal one day yeah that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that That'll take some saving up, though. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious. You've had, like you mentioned, you've had some really cool celebrities um, and you have some awesome ambassadors and players that have taken part in Jaspers. Who is your your golden goose? Like your one day I will play a game with him or one day I will have them play a game for Jaspers. Like what? Who's your your long shot reach your your goal <laughs> um so i i always think it's hilarious um but my long shot reach uh is i recently found out stephen colbert plays a lot of D. um yes and, i remember that he did a yeah. big uh 
like old D and D too. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be cool. I yeah, feel like so that that's... could easily happen. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I said. So that's kind of like where, like the 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 hope is currently, and obviously, I'm sure there are a ton more. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't know, like um, exactly what to call them because like I, like they're celebrities, but also not D D specifically celebrities mm-hmm. um and so like some of them i would love to get them on to, to jaspers like people who have never played D. see that would be funny getting people who've never played D before and, and ex- expose them to the wonders yeah i mean some of them for sure like anyone who wants to be a part of it i would love to have them a part of it you know mm-hmm. oh that would be very cool that'd be very cool well, yeah. I will keep my fingers crossed for you that <laughs> Stephen you. Colbert, you know, I mean, I'm talking directly to you. I'm sure you listen to every episode of this podcast, but hey, in a fun <laughs> way, it'll be great. Yes. Um, yes. Could even do a Lord of the Rings inspired one because he is huge in Lord of the Rings, too. With your extent, like your extensive play experience with fifth edition, I'm curious, what would you like to see in sixth edition? Oh, um, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Curveball. You know, <laughs> right. I would personally, um, I would love to see a lot more inclusive content mm-hmm. and, and things that, you know, safety tools um, built into the adventures, um, you know, ways to include neurodivergent people. Um, you know, uh, representation in all of the adventures and, you know, just a lot more. I, I realize that sounds social warrior of me, um, but th- no, that's really all. what what I, I'd like to see, because I think that it is very important um, and something that um, could be useful for everyone. Yeah. And I, I, I like the steps that they are they're working to take. Um, that Wizards has, um, are kind of working along those lines, kind of working to change the narrative around a lot of the races so they don't appear as stereotypes to create the, mm-hmm. um, combat wheelchair, which I think is such a cool idea and how they've worked that in. Um, but to continue that and improve by talking to groups in, in players and what they would like to, to really nail it. Um, but no, I think that's a, a perfect uh, a perfect thing to to want in future editions or later uh, additional modules and things in in fifth edition. Going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly don't know when or if um, we will we will be getting a season, uh, sixth edition, but I think that those would be some some cool things to kind of incorporate for the rest of fifth um, and and on. I agree. I completely agree. But it, uh, you created Jaspers as a way to help get you through an incredibly difficult experience and time. And uh, I wanted to put it out there to others um, to see how tabletop RPGs have helped them get through a hard time and what this hobby, these games mean to them. 
and we received a lot of very, very nice, uh, very beautiful and heartfelt responses. So we're going to the Tales from the Tabletop. We start off with user Silwyn from Jasper's own Discord server. They say, getting into D&D was a great way to make some really great friends at my local game store. As I ran into some midlife crises, connecting with a worldwide community through Adventures League gave me a new side of, a new side of life to enjoy outside the, of those harsh realities. D&D helped me to deal with chronic depression, to survive the pandemic, and to enjoy life with like-minded people. It, it's amazing. And this is one thing that I've always, that's been very apparent doing this show, um, whether it's tabletop or video game RPGs, it's the, the connection people have to these games and the worlds that they play in, the characters they interact with, or the other players in these cases that they interact with, it's, it's, it, it's so, there's so much more than just games, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that a lot of people, even even people who aren't necessarily going into it, going through midlife crises, but yeah. like people who are dealing with every everything, they use D and D or TTRPGs as an escape, and I think that it's really important um, to have those those types of things um, that you, you you go to. Um, as a uh, escapism from the real life. Yeah, and it can be even as much as dealing with the stresses of school or relationships or things like that. The, a brief respite in just a fantasy world where you can be who some crazy, interesting, extravagant, or bombastic character, um, but just that that rest that break can be so so important to just help people uh, get through day by day you know yeah one of my one of my favorite shows um they 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 say to their the, the other characters say to each other make sure to find your chair and what that means is uh you know the general term could be a chair for someone who is going to sit in a relaxing chair and read a book or watch TV or something like that. That's like their, their um, relaxing space or their space that they can go to uh, relax their mind and make sure that they're not being so stressed out that they're focusing on everything. Mm -hmm. um, and they have that one space. Um, even like, obviously it, does, it isn't always a chair, but it could be a person. It could be a thing. And for a lot of people it's, it's D and D. Yeah. I, lo I love that. Find your chair. I like that. It's a really good sentiment. I'll have to remember that one. Did you want to take the next one, Fenway? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one is from weekly underscore roll underscore 337 from Reddit. I'm in NYC, and on September 11th, my friends and I were all close to the World Trade Center. Like, really close. I was working literally across the street. Later that day, a half dozen of us met up at a friend's house in Brooklyn and camped out for a week while I ran a brutally unfair game of the 3-5 Temple of Elemental Evil. 
It was probably the least enjoyable game I've ever run. I explained at the beginning I was going to try and kill them every session, and they would need to both min-max and exploit every rule they could think of to win. They responded admirably, with leadership cheese, elemental clerics, spiked chains, etc., and no backstories or personalities at all. But it worked. It kept us all occupied through... And it kept us all occupied enough with mechanics, rules, and tactics to keep from constantly crying as we watched the smoke out our windows and got daily horror reports from family members who were nurses at nearby hospitals. I think that goes back to what we were just talking about with with the chair. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the the escaping from the terribleness that is the world sometimes yeah um you know i uh i i wasn't alive um during uh september 9-11 um and my my parents have told me stories of of their um you know they had just gotten married and they were like we we um, were terrified and you know just hearing yeah. the stories of the things that happened um, makes me very glad that people had D&D at that point in time to be able to escape from the terrifyingness that was that yeah it, uh, it was quite the time um, having uh, myself lived through it I was in um, middle school at the time um, I remember where I was, the class I was when everything happened and that whole rest of the day. But uh, to have I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be so close. But um, yeah, thankfully, the this group of friends were OK and they were able to, at least for a time, find their chair, like you said, and play some Dungeons and Dragons and help them all let them all help each other work through things. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, we have user Nara Ross from Reddit. They said, I have autism, and as a young man, I would love nothing more to just sit and fiddle with my drawings, my games, etc. Typical special interests, which did involve fantasy and the supernatural. Then, I met someone playing a tabletop RPG at a club and tried the game. And for the first time, I had something to look forward to on a weekly basis. Now, as an adult... I tried to do the same for others, volunteering to GM for young people with autism to help them see if this is something for them. That's just a kind of feel-good story. Um, Kind of discovering and realizing um, how much it helped this individual and going on to try and do the same. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, one of my good friends, his name is Dr. B., um, he is very outspoken um, about his um, his autism and how he has used D and D to um, help with with his dealing with that as well. And I think that um, it is it is something super important with the neurodivergent community to have that outlet, um, and it also allows for. Um, much needed social interaction um, without necessarily having to uh, deal with the typical uh, hardships of social interaction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and kind of mentioning 
what you had said before that you would like to see in a sixth eventual sixth edition or in additional modules with fifth edition is are things that are tailored more directly at uh, improving the experience uh, for this group of players and just making it a better game for them as well or adding rules or mechanics or something that could be far more beneficial to them um, would be great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I can take the next one. Uh, sure. All right. So from, from the next one we have is Lars Tron from uh, Reddit. Um, I picked up the Pathfinder 2E core rulebook during a humble bundle during the pandemic. And I'm realizing now after the fact that having such a detailed rulebook in front of me really helped me ground, it really helped ground me during the darkest days of the pandemic. It became sort of a superstructure that gave shape to the shapeless, repetitive days of the winter. I am only realizing after the fact that I have an emotional connection to the system that I don't have towards others. And I think it's because of the value it had during these tough times. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, we both mentioned it. I know I touched on it as well. Like this was my rock um, each week that I could judge. OK, I know what day it is today because I know it's three days until D&D and it it's very cool. I, I don't know if uh, this Lars Tron individual, if it was their first. It, I guess it probably wasn't their first uh, system they had played um, since they mentioned they don't have a connection to other systems as much as this one. But um I think from virtual tabletops and things, a lot of people share Lars Tron's uh, sentiment. And we mentioned it as well, that this was very important. Yeah, um, I think it's, I think a lot of people have connections to certain TTRPGs, especially because of their roles in their comfort in the pandemic. And I think that this is a, um, common thread um, seen in the community and I think it, it, it's very interesting to see yeah and it, it's also cool to see how many how this has grown on services like Twitch or YouTube groups growing out of um, and really showcasing their games putting on air their group of friends playing or trying new things I mean granted they critical role wasn't the first to do this but they really took it and ran with it and made it i think much more mainstream at this point but uh so many other groups have are doing it as well so many groups of friends and it's cool to see that at any time of the day even if you just want to watch a game you can log on to twitch and watch a game or if you want to play a game or try a different system you can go on something like Roll20 and just find a game and then join it, even with random players. It's so easy nowadays to find people to play with if you want, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and uh, groups like Jasper's. I mean, the Discord server uh, that has been set up for their group, It's it, there's so many people. It's like, hey, if you want to play a game, we're doing this or looking for groups and looking for players. It's such a fun community of people and so welcoming uh the jaspers community i just i want to say um wow we really appreciate that that's definitely what we were shooting for um when creating this and, and hoping for i definitely think you've succeeded so far um it's a it's a wonderful wonderful group thank you 
Next up, it's a bit of a long one, but I think it was a, a very poignant and powerful one. It's from user Sunnobite42 from Reddit. They say, I've been involved with tabletop RPGs since, I, since around 1996. My father was the best he could be, and I have a lot of good memories with him, but he was a mentally abusive alcoholic. Pretending to be anybody else in a world that existed in my mind was the perfect escape. It allowed me a break from the reality for a few hours a week. I've tried my hand at several tabletop RPGs, but I always came back to my love for the world of darkness, specifically Vampire the Masquerade. Fast forward several years and I started my own games as a storyteller. I had a lot of friends who were going through some pretty hard times, and I was able to be their release from reality for a few hours a week, and then I joined the army. The biggest impact that tabletop RPGs had in my life was shortly after returning home from my first deployment to Iraq in 2003. Not a particularly good time to be there. And for the icing, my unit said my MOS, my specific job, wasn't needed, so I was going to be on convoy security. I count myself lucky that my deployment wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been. I can still count to 20 with my shoes off. But it did come with some heavy baggage that put me in a nasty mental state. I was command directed to talk to our chaplain and then started therapy. I had friends commit suicide, several turned to alcohol, anything to try and find a break from their pain. I got back into table tabletop RPGs for that feeling of release that I had so long ago. I ended up subconsciously putting issues in my character's backstories that I was dealing with in real life. And through character interaction in a fantasy world, the characters worked through them. When I realized what I was doing, I started to implement those in my real life. Tabletop RPGs had become an extension to my weekly therapy sessions. I still refer to my gaming group as group therapy. I ran a game of Vampire the Masquerade for several friends that ran the whole of my second deployment. A good break from the monotony of 18 months in the desert away from our families. After two divorces, almost going bankrupt, and a slew of other crap, I finally allowed myself to be happy. I'm with a woman I love and have been married for 10 years now. I still carve out time to game. She encourages me to keep gaming because she sees the benefit of it. My personality at home when I can get back from when I can get a break from reality. Present day, I'm running a bard with PTSD, not from war, but from other things, in a D&D 5e Forgotten Realms session. I'm still learning a lot about myself by pretending to be someone else. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's first of all, um, I don't know if you will be listening, but thank you for your service, Cenobite. Um, I think that is an amazing story, and I really appreciate you sharing it with us. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things, and I love the idea um, that they shared that they were able to kind of work through things in a safe space as a character. Um, that they that they could then take back into the real world and kind of help themselves, uh, incorporating it into, like they said, part of their his their group therapy. The gaming is a part of their therapy. Um, I'm. I'm glad you're uh, allowing yourself to be happy. And mm. the fact that whether it was a large part, a small part, or a minuscule part, uh, if that these tabletop RPGs helped you get there, um, just speaks so much about the power of not only having 
not only the community aspect and being able to play with friends or play with people to enjoy these adventures and escape, um, but it just speaks to the power of them. And it, it really is quite something, I think. It really is. Um, other people who are listening, if you are going through similar things, um, you know, therapy is, is very, very important. But also... Mm-hmm. Connecting with people who have similar, you know, um, similar hardships is also very important. And doing that through tabletop RPGs is, is you know, very helpful for mental health and, and, and other things like that. Completely agree. Completely agree. Want to take the last one? Absolutely. So our last one is from Ballroom. Uh, 150478 from Reddit. I didn't get to play in an RPG game until my late 20s, and at the time, and today, it became and is a way to spend time with my friends. However, I enjoyed reading and immersing myself in the RPG games and settings since the age of maybe 10. In retrospect, I suspect that my love of immersing myself in alternate worlds could have been a way for me to escape my daily life and, and recharge especially as I grew older and went through the last part of my teenage years. For the better part of 20 years, I focused on various games, workshop games, and worlds through rather than RPGs. Not quite the same, but in terms of immersing oneself in a fantasy world and spending time with people that share your interest in it. It is basically the same. What I've always found interesting is how open and welcome I've always felt in the tabletop, LARP, and RPG circles. Meet a stranger and discover that you share the hobby and you have hours of conversation open, regardless of age, ethnicity, religion, gender, etc. Don't know if it's the same today where things have gone more mainstream, but back when it was the fairly exclusive domain of the geeks and nerds, I found it very open to everyone. You know, I think currently... It still is very open to everyone, at least in my experience. Obviously, there are the the bad nuts every once in a while. Um, but I think that for the most part, um, many people still want as many others to be a part of the community as possible. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I've had very good experiences um, with playing tabletop as well. Um, I've mostly played with close groups of friends. Uh, granted that those groups have shifted and uh, kind of added people and people have left over the time. But one of the things we do, um, especially as things are starting to open up, is trying to play meet in person maybe once a month and my week one of my weekly sessions at like an outdoor brewery or a, or a pub or something. And it's there will always be someone that will strike up a conversation with us. And it's like, oh, I remember when I played Dungeons and Dragons. And then we would hear a bit about their story, uh, like old characters they would play or uh, bartenders coming over and being like, oh, that looks so cool. I've always thought about wanting to play it and then kind of getting into conversation. It's. I'm so glad we've gotten to a point now where. Nerds, geeks, whatever don't feel like they have to hide as much. I'm, I'm sure there are still situations where 
people feel like they have to hide their their nerdiness or their hobbies but i'm glad we're getting to a point where the stigma of some of the stigma i I should say and at least in my experience and all experiences are different but um it's becoming much more okay to be a geek or a nerd it seems like yeah i mean in my experience um i've had a few people um you know be against me joining the um community but for the most part everybody has been um very accepting um and wanting to help yeah and i think that it's it's a a, quite the same for a lot of people in the community yep and i and i hope it just keeps getting better for for everybody and becoming more open um and welcoming for for new and old players alike um because it's definitely a great hobby uh that obviously that can make a lot of difference but absolutely thank you to each and every one of you who has shared your story um they're beautiful i love we loved hearing them and reading about them and getting an idea of your story um as always down in the show notes there'll be links where you can uh read more of the submissions that i unfortunately couldn't get to um and feel free to share your own kind of personal stories on what this hobby these games mean to you now that we've talked a bunch about jaspers and the magic that tabletop rpgs can have in people's lives and stuff um where can people kind of get information on Jaspers or if they wanted to sign up for things with Jaspers, what would you say is the best avenue for people to go about doing that Fenway? Um, so probably the best avenue would either be through our Twitter, our Instagram or our website. Um, and for both Twitter and Instagram, it's just at Jaspers game day. And for our website, um, it's it's going to shake things up. It's jaspersgameday.com. Um, you know, um, we do a lot of things um, around the year, and we are always looking for more people to be involved, whether that's through partnerships, ambassadors, sponsors, people to run games, playing games, um, people to be a part of the Discord community, all different sorts of things. Um, And if you're not um, specifically looking to join anything or or do anything like that, um, you can definitely support us through donations or purchasing our um, merch on our shop, on our jaspersgameday.com as well. Um, And any and all of the above are super duper appreciated and um, would love to have anyone and everyone involved. Definitely, definitely. So give them a shout. Check them out if you're at all interested in any of what Fenway just mentioned. That is, once again, jaspersgameday.com and their website. That's their website. Their Twitter is at jaspersgameday. And I believe your Instagram is jaspersgameday as well. Correct. Correct. Yes. Perfect. So be sure to check all of those out. Now, next up, probably one of my favorite parts of these tabletop RPG episodes, we'll end on a a fun note, is Fenway, do you want to get classy or a little racy? What are you feeling? Um, 
Let's get a little racy. Little racy. Okay, with this, we are going to come up with a brand new race of character that people could be. Now, this can be for any uh, tabletop RPG system. So what race or what system do you want to make a race for tonight? Um, let's stick with D&D because that's the one that I know best. Perfect. Perfect. So, okay, let's see. What are you feeling like? What do we want to do? Are you thinking like a brand new race from the ground up? Are you thinking like a new sub race? What are you, what are you feeling? Um, I don't know. Let's I, I'm thinking brand new race from the ground up. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Liking where this is going. So let's see. Do we want to like straight new? Do we want to make like a, a monster kind of? Uh, into a race because Joe Star, as we were mentioning earlier, we created the Zorbo race based off the Zorbo creature uh, found in. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the book. It has a skull on it, but. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the is, it, is it Volos? No, it's not Volos. It's a um, campaign. Oh, um, uh, the. Um, season. It's season seven. Um. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I have it over somewhere. Oh, yep, it's right here. Uh, it's in Chult. Tomb of, <laughs> I know that. Tomb of Annihilation. There Zorbo we go. was in Tomb of Annihilation. It's the angry koala yes. uh, race. But yes. We, make, we turned yes. that into a race. So what are you feeling for uh, for your race? Free range. Um, you know, what I, I, I've been seeing a lot of conversation about this on Twitter, and I would love to make a slime race. Slime race? Kind of based off of like the black oozes and puddings and stuff? Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So we have the slime race. Now, what would be their stat improvements? Their stat um, increases or decreases? Probably uh, plus two in um, constitution and a plus one in strength and a negative two in dexterity. Negative two in dex. I like it. Okay, makes sense because they're slimy and they're slow moving. Now, what are some special features they would have? Are we are we keeping the splitting feature that some oozes have? Um, probably not because that would be a little, little overpowered for some some things. <laughs> mm. Um, but I would think that one kind of general feature they would have the same resistances. Um, let me pull up my D&D Beyond and find the Black Ooze, since that is what I'm going off of. Classic. Classic. I, uh, every year I do a Christmas themed or like a holiday themed D&D campaign. And a few mm -hmm. years ago I did, um, all Christmas themed names, like puns for the, the monster names. And I had the black ooze as I called it figgy pudding um, <laughs> along with jingle bombs and ornamentacores. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yep. <laughs> um, I would think that um, they would have similar resistances. Uh, the current, the black pudding currently has immunities to these things. Um, but I would think they would have just resistances uh, to acid Lightning and cold. Lightning and cold. Okay. Pretty, pretty good uh, class or race uh, resistances right there. Mm -hmm. um, I could see that being beneficial. Now, would we keep 
it so that each like there would be three different sub races and each of the sub races would be resistant to one of the three or do you want like just super overpowered like super slime man or super slime character race um i would think that probably sub races would be resistant to each one of them um you know not too overpowered with yeah <laughs> right um <laughs> we're not going overboard here <laughs> no no uh one of the things that general puddings have or oozes have that i like is they have blind sight um mm -hmm. so i think that it would be good to give the character probably blind sight to like 15 feet because they obviously have regular sight as well oh, yeah. but oh definitely um we keeping it uh medium medium size you think yeah probably yeah good 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 uh keeping their speed as it is in the uh, mo the old monster manual uh is it 20 feet i don't know we'll put 20 feet so yes perfect 20 feet they're, they're they're a little bit of a slower character yep let's let's roll with it uh, I like but it. they do do typically have a climb of 20 as well i like it speed 20 feet climb 20 feet yes um and i think one of the things um that would be good is they have a lot of puddings have corrosive form mm -hmm. um so any creature that touches it um or hits it with a melee attack within five feet of it takes uh, acid damage and now that's very similar to what like the grung the frog people have mm -hmm. um and i think it would be good to add add that in there i, I like that i can copy and paste the description in there if you want no, it's it's how much damage? Uh, it, it was like well, so the the actual pudding is a D eight, but I think we should go with the D four for yeah. I like that. Uh, or we could have it be where it's like as it grows in level, it improves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It gets more for acidic. tier tier one. It's one D four. Tier two, it's a D six. Tier three, it's D eight, and tier four, it's a D ten. I like it. I think. Just in terms of balance, we should remove the weapon durability uh, stuff. Yes. Weapon yes. and armor. Just keep it straight damage. Make it easy. So that way the DM's not keeping track of their monster's uh -huh. equipment. Right. That right. wouldn't be that wouldn't be happy for the DM. So, okay. I like this. I almost put I put one D19. That doesn't exist. One D10. Um, <laughs> if it did, that would be cool. I would like to see that die. Uh, so let's see. Um, we have the corrosive form. I think that's good for kind of like it's super specialized, cool thing. Um, mm -hmm. languages. I know it doesn't have like a mouth, but it could like make a goo mouth. So I think like common at least. Yeah, I think it would do common plus one, like general, mm -hmm. like chosen, um, general language. And I, have, the yeah. and I have and I enjoyed this with the Zorbo because I feel like it uh, it makes you want to ask so many more questions. Um, we gave the Zorbo that it knew out of the box common Zorbonian, uh, just a made up language that Zorbo speak, um, but also Abyssal because it's just like, why would a small angry koala know Abyssal? I've got, I'm I'm kind of feeling like just to throw a wild card into the languages celestial 
why would a why would a black ooze know celestial? I don't know, but you know, <laughs> why not? Yeah. yeah, right. It could be that or Sylvan because it is. Yeah, your so race. We should, we should your go. race. Which, which what wild card language are you feeling? Um, let's go celestial. Celestial. Like okay. Maybe like at one time you can work this into the backstory. Maybe at one time your ooze character, your slime character. Uh, kind of absorbed and uh, dissolved a uh, celestial and you <laughs> gained their that would be kind of a cool ability just like you dissolve a creature and you gain like memories or something up to X amount of yeah. days before <laughs> yeah so be... much better than speak for the or speak to the dead and stuff just yeah you just eat them just and eat then them. you get their memories yep do you want to add it Sure, we can do that. Okay. Digestive memory track. Why not? Sounds sounds official. Sounds terrifying. It does. Sounds very... uh, Just so it's slightly more humane, I will put uh, Nox out enemy and then dissolves. Yes. Yes. Gaining, allowing you to view the memories of the creature up to a week ago or a day. Yes. What, what are you feeling? What What would be good? I think a week would be good. Okay. Um, not too long, but it's also not just like yeah, twenty four hours. You know. I like it. Okay, so I think I think that kind of does it for our slime character race. Yeah, I think so. So here is the slime character race that you will soon be able to play as on D&D Beyond, and uh, a link will be down below. But if you want to roll a slime paladin, you will be taking plus two to constitution, plus one to strength, but you'll be moving slowly, so you have a minus two to dexterity, depending on the sub race of slime you are playing you'll get resistance to either acid lightning or cold you have a speed of 20 feet and a climb speed of 20 feet your size is medium you have blind sight up to 15 feet your corrosive form allows you to deal 1d4 increasing amounts of damage starting at 1d4 to enemies that hit you while in melee uh, uh, combat with you you know common celestial and one language of your choice and you also have the special ability of the digestive memory tract, which allows you to absorb and knock out recently slain enemies, which slowly dissolves them, allowing you to view their memories from up to a week ago. Sold. I love it. Good job. Fantastic. Thank you. You too. We'll have to contact Joe and be like, hey, Joe, <laughs> we have something super, super good that I think would be a rock star for D&D Beyond. Uh, yes. It's a slime. Uh, to go, per- it would go perfectly with your Zorbo, your Zorbo Druid. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And he'll be sold on it. He'll easy, easy sell. Easy sell. We'll have to copyright it. But that is going to do it for another episode of RPG University. Thank you so much for joining me, Fenway. This has been so much fun. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Of course, of course. Um, and thank you for 
all the work you do with Jaspers and all the help that the group provides and all the rock stars that you have uh, on your team. Uh, it's It's been really fun getting to know a bunch of you, and I can't wait to see what awesome things you have planned. But uh, outside of Jaspers, where can people find you on the Internet? What do you have cooking? Uh, go ahead and plug your stuff. Um. Yeah, so uh, I'll go through where you can find me on the internet and then where you can find me when streaming. Um, so my I, I go by Fenway the Teen DM on Twitter um, or at Jasper's Game Day on the rest of the social medias. Um, and then throughout the week on Mondays, you can find me over on Initi- the Initiative Coffee um, on Twitch uh, Monday uh, Monday nights right around 7.30 p.m. EST. And Tuesday nights, you can find me over on Gilding Light. That's G-I-L-D-I-N-G. That's a teen channel, uh, 8 p.m. EST, playing She is the Ancient, a gender-bent Curse of Strahd. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, And when, uh, or not on Wednesday nights, I finished that campaign. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Did you win? they did. They I was did. The oh, that's right. You were the DM yeah. on your website. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a uh, campaign and um, location that I created. Mm. So that was fun. Um, and then every other Sunday, over on So Maddie Games, um, I play in a Duval and Dragons campaign um, at uh, seven thirty p.m. EST. Uh, so it's a lot of fun um and that's where you can find me during the week um hit me up on twitter i'd love to talk to people um and let me know if you have any other questions about jasper's game day perfect perfect well i will be sure to have all my friends do just that uh and anyone i talk to because it is such a a great cause and there's so much fun to watch and to play in so um but anyway Thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or you can share your own favorite RPGs and memories directly with me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. And just so you know, if you are having thoughts of suicide or know someone who may, call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK or you can text 741741. There's always someone there that can help and support you. The world's better off with you in it, and I'm thankful that you're here. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, and class dismissed. <laughs>